Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, it's Annie here for Showreel this morning. Oh, oh yeah, it's still the morning, 11 o'clock, here on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, but also streaming and also available later on as a podcast by Monday. This show and many others are available uh, on Monday. Now, I've got a couple of things to tell you that are unrelated to Showreel. There's going to be a snap action today to uh, raise awareness uh, about the rapes, uh, rape situation and other kinds of uh, degrading uh, things that are happening to refugees on Nauru. So today, Thursday the 8th of October, 1pm, at the Department of Immigration and Border Protection. That's 2 Lonsdale Street, Melbourne. It's just tucked in there, the Department of Immigration and Border Protection, 2 Lonsdale Street, Melbourne, at 1pm. It's a a follow-on to a similar snap action that happened in Sydney yesterday. The Melbourne University Campus Refugee Rights Club are holding a snap action protest today to draw attention to the horrific crimes being committed against refugee women on Nauru. So if you can, they'd love it if you go down there and swell the numbers at 1pm at the Department of Immigration and Border Protection to Lonsdale Street, Melbourne. You might also know if you are in the CBD in Melbourne today, there is also an uh, strike and picket going on at uh, outside RMIT to support the uh, vocational teachers, or in the past these people were called TAFE teachers. The NTEU is having a 24-hour strike and there's a picket going on down there at the moment. So there you go, it's an action place in Melbourne today. Uh, the other thing that I need to tell you about... Uh, Arts Express, they were just talking to uh, members of uh, the uh, Metanomia Club, uh, theatre, who are having a uh, Muffins at the Death Cafe by Dina Ross is being performed by this theatre company at the Brunswick Mechanics Institute. That's 270 uh, Sydney Road, Brunswick. It's near the... uh, Town Hall. Easy to get there by tram, if not by car. And they're offering two uh, double passes for the second performance on the 22nd of October at 8pm. Now, the phone number, if you've got a pen, I'll read it out and I'll read it again. That's 98662 
7228. If you want to go, if you want to ring up and see if you can get a double pass to the second performance of Muffins at the Death Cafe at 8 p.m. on the 22nd of October, the phone number is 9866 7228 and uh, give uh, uh, the details. Uh, to uh, the person that answers. I think it's the name is Joan or it could be John. But anyway, they'll uh, take your details. I'll tell you that at the end of uh, the uh, program. Repeat the numbers if uh, you're interested in trying to get one of those double passes. But uh, now we should return to the order of business, which is showreel, which is... Uh, our interesting look at the interesting parts of Australian film industry. That was a little bit of wild swimming with sharks by Snowman. We'll probably hear a little bit of that later on in the program. And as I promised, Showreel is a focus on Australian filmmakers and filmmaking and other sort of moving images that uh, we might be interested in in a cultural sense. Uh, and uh, today I'm going to talk to Corey Haig. How are you, Corey? How are you? I'm I'm wonderful, Annie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, I uh, we first started to talk because you contacted me by Facebook and you were interested in telling us about your film, The Tour, Blunder Down Under. It's, well, it's, is it a series or a film? Just a one-off film, thankfully. So, yeah, I was doing the shameless self-promotion thing because, uh, you know, I'm sure you're aware that the hardest thing about making a film isn't actually making a film, it's getting anyone to care about it. Yeah, well, exactly right. And then I started to look into you and I found the other parts of you interesting as well, your other media exploits. So we're going to, we're going to talk about not only your, your, uh, the tour, Blunder Down Under, but we're going to talk a little bit about how you, uh, your career in general and, and your uh, shameless promotion uh, <laughs> uh, exploits because there are people out there who need to know how to get themselves out there. And uh, you obviously, uh, if not at the foothills or uh, you're halfway up the mountain of getting people Ooh. to know that you exist. Um, possibly. Possibly. Well, let's possibly. start with uh, tour, uh, the tour, Blunder Down Under, which is a comedy. Tell us about it. I hope so. I hope so. It's a comedy. Yeah, look, basically, it was interesting because it came about um, through a documentary, would you believe? So it actually has... Well, you made a, a documentary about uh, wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. It has a lot of basis in truth. So um, uh, a gentleman who uh, I knew or had heard about was trying to bring out a bunch of American wrestlers to do a, um, a, like a charity show. Yeah, right. Now, 
don't know if, if, if you're like me, but I heard that and, and just thought that's surreal. That deserves a documentary about it. Yeah, yeah, because so of I, course uh, uh, wrestlers in, in themselves are hyper real. It's amazing, you know, like I'm not a wrestling fan by any stretch. So it wasn't a matter of like, oh, I get to hang out with these famous guys. What it was, though, was just that they are larger-than-life characters, but then they have to interact in this real world. So it's that sort of schism between their characters and actually being real people, and I found that really fascinating. So did the documentary, and I don't think anyone saw it, but that's okay. And then, But from that, it actually sort of made us think, well, we could probably get a film out of this, you know, like a, a sort of narrative fictional film out of this. And then we started sort of talking to a few people that later came involved, and some of the stories that they had about things that they got up to and, you know, the way fans interacted with them and, and just the surreal, I guess, situations they, they, they got put in just became too much. So we thought, yeah, let's, let's make a film about it. So uh, when you say we, who's we? Right, oh, right. So, well, in a nice little, you know, twist of fate, the, the guy I actually made the first documentary about came on board as a producer for this because he, I don't know, he's just, he, he's a, he, I guess he's what you want in a producer, which is he's very optimistic and he doesn't take no for an answer. So he <laughs> said, right, I'll, I'll, I'll come on board as a producer. And he, he had no idea what a producer did, but he, he hustled people and, and sort of got things going. And, and I think that's really, I mean, you can't say how useful that is because, you know, the difference between trying to be, and I hate the term, but trying to be creative and then trying to marry, you know, the logistics with it is just so hard. So to have someone on board who, you know, they're not that interested in the actual you know, mechanics of it, they're just more interested in the, the, the back-end stuff is, is really, really useful. So the guy, the poor guy went from being a featured in a documentary about pretty much a failed wrestling tour to then um, producing a film about a failed wrestling tour. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's great. I won- it's just wonderful. It's uh, what dreams are made of. And I noticed that you, re- you actually had this, uh, uh, well, uh, you showed this on NITV, and I noticed that the uh, failed uh, uh, producer of the um, event or the tour uh, is Aboriginal, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was interesting because you know we really weren't sort of uh, too you know locked onto anyone in particular to play the lead. Um, but what happened was you know we were we were pretty much adamant that that we wanted to you know reflect a bit of multiculturalism because. You know, Australia is a multicultural place, and you, when you turn the screen on so often, it's a whole bunch of white people living in a street, isn't it? So it was really just a matter of, oh, we should get someone cool to do this. And then Neil, uh, who plays the lead, is actually a wrestler himself. He's based in Perth. And someone said, oh, you should talk to Neil. And we said, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, what's his story? And he said, oh, you know, he's this, he's this Noongar guy who lives up in Perth, and he, he's, a, you know, he's, he's a really, really good... Um, I mean, he's, he is an inspiration to see the way people interact with it. It's actually fantastic. So we got in touch with him and he's like, oh, okay, I don't know that I can act, but okay. And <laughs> next thing you know, we were shooting a film. So it was, um, and it was hard for him because, I mean, him being a wrestler, he was then thrown into this deep end, actually interacting with these people that, you know, he kind of considered, I guess, idols. Compat- oh, so, oh, right. Idols. Yeah, no, he was really... Um, in all of them. Also, I mean, yeah, and they are intimidating guys. I mean, they're all monsters. They're all ginormous and they're all larger than life and then so all of a sudden he's now having to act alongside them but he, oh, I think he did really well. Mm. How long is it? Uh, 82 minutes so um, So is it, a, is it being divided into a couple of series? I mean 82 80, that's quite long it's not well, a short it's sure. neither fish nor fowl it's not a short film and it's not a long film No I mean basically I, I was aware that you know 
uh, there's such a thing as overstaying your welcome, so I thought, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, really, I, I thought, okay, it has to be a feature film. I'm a big fan of features, and I think, you know, we're kind of getting to a point now where, um, and even just in what I do, I've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sort of three-minute, ten-minute videos, and uh, you kind of get a bit hungry for more to sort of stretch out a bit. So we decided, okay, let's do a feature. Um, and then I, I went hunting around for short uh, features and saw that, say, something like Phone Booth was 72 minutes. So I thought, okay, we can, we will shoot for that. And then in the end, it sort of turned out to be about 82 minutes, which I don't think anyone's complained about, so that's something. Well, that's interesting because usually uh, there's quite a, 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 a clear um, length of time that they want something to be. So it's interesting that you did it without actually knowing what your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amount that, of time that sums was going up to be. A lot sums up a lot of what we did actually and you know and I've had yeah I have had instances where I've, where I've shot something and cut something and then you know you present it to someone and they say oh this would be really good if it was you know, if it was minutes yeah. 10 minutes shorter yeah that's um, right but NITV have been amazing and they really just looked at the project for what it was and they didn't have sort of um I mean there was certainly no intention of, of screening it with them when we were shooting mm-hmm. but they got a copy of it and they said oh yeah let's let's give it a go and that was really, I think, the the most edifying kind of thing because, you know, you live in your own little bubble and you're so isolated and you think, God, does anyone care about this? And then to get that little bit of feedback from someone, you know, who matters is, is really, really, um, it just encourages you to kind of keep going. And, and Well, it was interesting because right after I talked to you, I actually saw the ad for it. Oh, cool. <laughs> and on NITV and I thought, oh, my goodness, it actually really exists. <laughs> it, it is a real thing, yeah. I, trust me, I felt the same a few times when I saw it. Mm. It's um, it's a very surreal thing to, you know, to to try to create something from nothing, and then all of a sudden it exists and it's in the world. And you quickly realise that once it's in the world, it's not yours anymore. It's it's really, um, you know, it's up to the people how they decide to take it and how they view it and you know how they sort of interact with it. But I, I mean, touch wood, we've been quite lucky that people take it for what it is, and that is, it is just a goofy you know, low-budget, you know, knockabout sort of film. It's not trying to be uh, an Academy Award winner or anything like that. It's 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 not even very earnest in, in a lot of sense because, you know, I think I was a bit worried even um, sending it to NITV because I thought they might see it and, I don't know, sort of think that we were trying to delve too deeply into something. or or. But it, it really is just an instance of, here's this guy. Oh, by the way, he's, he's Indigenous. And that's literally it. There's no sort of... Uh, you know, we don't sort of try to... No, no, it, 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 that's probably part of its appeal, that it's a, it's a normal, ordinary interaction with the world. But the Absolutely, film itself yeah. is just quite funny. <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> it, it seems to have... We've been really lucky, actually, because, as I say, you know, you do feel completely sort of disconnected from it. And then, and then to see people, um, you know, just, just on Facebook on their own accord saying, oh, everyone should check this out. It's It's really, really cool. Now, uh, the uh, how did you write it? Did you write it? Yeah. So basically, what it was was um, it was really sort of a. I mean, it was very collaborative, and, and the producer was really good about sort of you know he'd feedback a little anecdote that he'd heard around the traps, and, and we'd say, oh, okay, that could work. And then uh, another instance is really was you know oh we've got access to a funeral home, should we do something with that? Yes, yes, we should. So. You know, typical low-budget kind of film style. You, you you sort of add add in what you have and and what you can make use of and what's going to make sense. Um, but really, because these guys are so good at, at improv and things like that, it was there was no point whatsoever trying to say, 
okay, here's the scripts and here's what you have to say and everything like that. Um, you know, they've they've spent their life working out and learning how to play a character. So, oh, that's uh, fantastic, isn't it? They and they really do, and they're really good. And so, what we pretty much do would say, okay, well, you know, this is the the sort of impetus of this scene. We need to start here and we need to end there, and then go for it. Um, and because we were shooting with the two cameras, it, I knew that we'd be able to cut sort of around things. So even if things, you know, veered off track or, or got a bit lost, eventually they'd always come back. And so there was always that opportunity to sort of to, to make the cut and then to, to really get in and, and make the scene nice and tight. Because, you know, even when we were playing around with it, it's that thing you, you're acutely aware that you're, you're dealing with something that, you know, it's not, it's not high end. It's not. It's not overly dramatic. It's just a goofy kind of, uh, you know, silly film. So if you can get in and get out quickly, then you know, I think an audience will probably appreciate it. <laughs> You're on Showreel with Annie, and I'm talking to uh, Corey. How do you say your surname? Haig, like a vague, but with an H. H, yeah, Haig. I, I yeah. was I was struggling with it, and I thought, oh, I'll just make it sound really stupid, oh, so I might as well anything. ask. You can call it, hey, you, yeah. Corey, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> Corey Haig. Um, and uh, I, uh, if you want to know more about uh, Corey, you can actually go to, he's got a, a website, Corey Haig, H-A-G-U-E, dot wordpress.com, right? Now, what I found really interesting about you is that you've got a very good uh, ear and eye because you do uh, radio, you do... um, You do... uh, You've done a lot of documentary shorts for different outfits like the ABC and the SBS and others of that that sort. And and you've done some uh, interesting reports now, because radio is my field. Um, I was very keen to – but you see, the thing is that uh, any story narrative that you're creating, sound-wise or visually, they've got similar elements to it. And what I was taken with in your pieces were that uh, you – uh, you obviously have to pitch ideas to people and you're quite acute at the type of ideas that you pitch. How, what's your process? I mean, oh, for example, um, you decided you... Be, you've you've, yeah. you've analysed me far better than anyone else has, I think. Oh, well, there um, you go. That's my job, eh? That's your job, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, and you mentioned the ABC. I mean, you know, can you imagine being a content maker with an organisation like the ABC? Everyone's good at what they do. Everyone has a good idea. Everyone has the, the technical abilities to get their story done. So, yeah, I think there is that element of, of that sort of pitching thing. But uh, I kind of look at it as more of, you know, what can you bring to the situation? Because, you know, I think there's a tendency, certainly in the media, to kind of really get hung up on the, the big things or the juicy things or the news kind of heavy things. And, you know, I don't think it's... it's uh, when I look at myself and how I work, I think well, I can't add any value to that. I can't talk about Syria. I can't talk about, you know, refugees. I can't talk about this because I don't have the depth to my understanding. But what I guess I have is that ability to kind of, you know, find some of the other people out there and, and just give them a chance to, you know, vent their spleen a little. Because, you know, I, I love... I'm, I'm in Sydney at the moment, actually, and, and so I'm coming from a country town and wandering around Sydney and just looking at everyone going, everyone has a story here. And it's, it's hard to imagine, you know. It's, it's that thing of some people love you know, doing really obscure hobbies on the weekend. And, and I just love the idea that people are out there being passionate about things for no other reason than, than they want to be, you know? Yeah, Because I, I think it, realistically these days, um, and I think about this a lot, is that, you know, things like 
families are obviously a lot different to what they used to be and, and things like religion, you know, don't play the role that they once did. So in some ways, people's subcultures begin to define them. And I, I'm really interested in, you know, the way people, I guess, find value or find identity through through subcultures. Mm. And luckily, you know... Go on. Oh, well, I was going to say, and luckily just, just doing what I do is, is a really good opportunity because a lot of people are quite reluctant to sort of talk about some weird you know, hobby that they do until you say, well, you know, I work, I work with this organisation and we're going to give you a fair run. And then they say, oh, okay, cool. Because I think a lot of times, and, you know, I think the media has a potential to really kind of just hack people's lives into 30-second sound grabs. And, uh, you know, it's not really uh, very interesting for people, is it? No, well, it's also contrived. I mean, whenever you do a documentary of any sort, you do actually uh, have the limitations of the uh, medium that you're using. But if your intention is to purely make it fit into something incredibly short and with only uh, uh, without the people actually telling the story themselves because you've spoken to them and found out what it is that they think is the story as well as you observing and deciding what your stamp is going to be, then there's this presentation that uh, as if this is the only story, if you know what I mean. I mean, community radio is a very good example of how that doesn't happen. Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, there's instances where you can hear a story and you go, well, that story was written before anyone even spoke, you know, because the, the, the sort of the ideal or the... You know the, the the point of it was already cast, yes. And I think that's a real shame, you know, because that that's sort of and in some ways it explains why a lot of um, well, it's boring. Know, a lot of people actually. are reluctant. Yeah, and I think it it also explains why people are reluctant to deal with the media because they think, well, you know, I'm not going to get a fair run. I, I can I can take to my social media account and at least represent myself in a more earnest way. Whether or not it's better or not, that's that's a whole other matter. But how you know, did you I get think, your skills, man? How did you get your skills? Oh, well, it was through um, probably uh, through not being good at anything else, really. Um, I was kind of... Oh, you're just mean to yourself. No, 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 because I, I, I'm, I, well, I'm 32 now, so, you know, early sort of web user and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I, I got the tail end of um, 35 mil photography. I got the tail end of um, digital video or, you know, analog Yeah, video. I understand, yeah. yeah. So you understand you where it's come from, yeah. Yeah, and so you kind of, but, but within that, you, you look at it and you go, well, I'm going to have to learn how to do that, or I'm going to have to learn how to do that. And so you you kind of just jump on board and, and, and figure it out because, you know, it's incredible to me now. And you talk to young people a lot, and uh, they say, oh, I want to do radio, I want to do audio. And you say, oh, that's cool. And then you say, well, do you, do you know, do you use your iPad to do it? And they say, no, I need all the gear. Say, well, you really don't. You know, and no, you think about you what we've got now. Yeah, and so really I was just, always been really interested in I guess how technology can help do what you want it to do you know and I mean it's absolutely staggering what's capable now and I think I think the next generation is really going to jump jump on board that and I think we're going to be just horrified with how good they become you know in terms of they've got the gear they've got the knowledge and now they've got the output too so all of a sudden um, you know it is it's, it's far less necessary to have big gatekeepers like the media and so that was sort of something that I think about a lot of like saying I mean even this film's a good example because you know we shot it because we could and then we went okay now how do we get it out but it wasn't a matter of going well we need to get 
you know, a whole bunch of signatures on a piece of paper to, to, to warrant going forward with this thing because we knew that we could we could physically do it. So why not just jump on board and, and give it a crack? Mind you, there are certain elements and precision in your thinking because the very fact that your your money, your main characters is uh, Indigenous means that it, it had an op- opportunity to be shown on uh, NITV, for example, and yeah, as and a mainstream uh, platform and the expansion was- of... yeah. Sorry. Well, what was really interesting about that was because I was actually terrified of sending it to NIT because I thought, you know, I thought they might look at it and say, oh, well, we, you, you know, you're just, you're taking the mickey out of the whole thing. And so it was actually, what it was, we, we always knew that because there were, so, there were so many Americans involved, we were really thinking about the American market. I mean, so when you think about the American market, you think, how can we show something that they've never seen before? And and I think, like for me, and I'm, and I'm not, you know, trying to push a barrel or anything, but for me... Having an Indigenous man interacting in a completely, you know, up-to-date, metropolitan, urbane setting was probably pretty new. And so then it was like, okay, cool, let's let's give this guy a go. Um, you know, I, I wish that I had said, oh, we'll, we'll put this on NITV, but it really wasn't that smart. No, no, no. Had but- it in the can. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting because uh, that goes back to what I was saying before, that you're actually looking at the culture that you're in and you're thinking of ways that make it uh, have legs that aren't exactly the same as all the other uh, ones that are... It, it's differentiated, effectively. That's yeah, absolutely, getting, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it, and uh, I, I've been really lucky that, you know, I mean, I think doing what we do, you know, you're just trying to help people tell their stories and so... I always find that they're sort of they're pouring themselves out, and you're just trying to cup your hand and, and capture it enough to actually, you know, represent them in a, in a fair way. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of the show, Corey, and I noticed. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So that was a good chat. Now, just tell me. <laughs> um, I noticed that people can access uh, the tour Blunder Down Under in a fairly novel way online. Tell us about that. Well, there's there's two great ways they can do it. They can go to the tour.vhx.tv and they can rent it or they can buy it, and that's fantastic. And it's quite cheap. Or, and even, it's yeah, like $2.95 so, yeah. to, to yeah, get a look at it. So, and I reckon it might be worth that. But if, if you think that that's a bit stingy, then you can go to SBS On Demand and actually watch it for free. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, so I think that's really cool. And it's, it's interesting. I mean, being, being of this era, I saw that and I was more excited about it being for free. On, on a website than I was on having it on TV. So well, there I'm not you go. Sure what that says. No, well, <laughs> uh, you're part of that generation that sits up in bed and, and watches a whole series of things online. I think so. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing at all. Thanks very much for sharing <laughs> your uh, your phenomenal career with us and uh, keep us Thank in you touch so much, with your, really your, your future endeavours, okay? Thank you very much. And as I said, that was uh, Corey Haig and uh, with his uh, The Tour Blunder Down Under, but other things as well. I mean, it, it, getting himself out there and uh, he's got a web page if you want to go and listen to and look at some of the things he's got, he's done. Uh, CoreyHaig.wordpress.com, that's C-O-R-E-Y-H-A-G-U-E.wordpress.com. And it's uh, a fantastic way of getting out there in the real world. Now, uh, I have to get out of here because... Published on or not are coming up, but uh, muffins at the Death Cafe, two double passes if you're still interested. 8 p.m. the second, 22nd of October. You should ring nine eight double six seven double two eight. 
988667228 if you're interested in those double passes. And there is a snap action outside uh, the... Department of Immigration and Border Protection to Lonsdale Street, Melbourne, in support of the uh, people who have been uh, savagely attacked on Nauru and who need to be able to deal with this by coming to the mainland for abortion services. Uh, So go down there at one o'clock and be part of helping out with raising awareness. Uh, This is Annie saying goodbye for Showreel. Coming up next is... Uh, published or not, Swimming with Sharks. Let's listen to the rest of it. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.